Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley back post buy round, which was absolute carnage for Supercoach. This is a Supercoach TLT episode for round 18, but we do have to talk about that buy round in round 17. Absolute carnage, had oh, probably four or five gun players were ruled out pretty late for a buy round, which was a real kick in the teeth for a lot of coaches. Got Billy on board for this week to have a chat about Supercoach and Billy, I'm going to say how you're going, but I know that you're pretty short on buy players as it was. I'm sure that you own some of those guys like a Maddo or a Hines or some of these blokes that ended up getting ruled out. It was a bit of carnage on the weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Alex Johnson <laughs> was one of them, um, which was which was a real big kick in the teeth because Ken or whoever it was, that took his, took his wing out of school on three tries. So it was demoralising to watch for a start. But um, yeah, it was a uh, short players, mate, but... Ended up going up a, a bit, but stopped the bloodbath. But yeah, would have been nicer. Yeah, it's funny too because even even stuff like that it was like a bit of a backhander from Supercoach, wasn't it? Because like someone like Kenner, people would have looked to downgrade to him if we knew sort of three or four days before, even a day before, because he was only two hundred fifty nine thousand, and he was obviously um, had a favourable game where we thought that AJ would turn up, and he almost turned up. Um, and got 91 points himself at 259,000. So even the guys that stepped in that would have been all right uh, options, we didn't even really have time to grab them in. But it was a funny round because there was still um, some really good scoring. So we had five players that turned up. Uh, but out of those, four of them were you know reasonably popular. Um, New was the number one player at 140 points, though, which was massive for the Broncos' first game back after a long injury layoff. Ramian, I actually counted Ramian as one of the more highly owned guys. He was only 1% owned and he got 133 points. But Cody Walker, Moses and Katoni Staggs, the three of those boys all came through, uh, all had pretty favourable matchups as well. So you kind of saw it coming. Let's let's talk about our number one win for the weekend, Billy, for each of our teams and our number one catastrophe. My catastrophe was Cody Walker a minute before kickoff I, I relented and changed the captaincy to Papali'i because I was just too worried about it. Uh, I was confident the whole time with the Cody Walker C after the Pappenhausen disaster with VC, but changing it off him, absolute killer. Big win, Mitchell Barnett. I thought he'd score a try in the next two weeks when I bought him two weeks ago. He got there in the buy round for me, 97 points. So, yeah, peaks and troughs, mate. But um, I ended up on about nine, eighteen, I think it was. So yeah, I had to hammer the amount of players I had. I had thirteen players, but ended up pretty good. But what about you? Um, my catastrophe was um, bringing in Pappy as opposed to lateral. I was twenty k short lateral, so I offered to go with a guy that was guaranteed to score hundred. Um, <laughs> obviously, didn't work out. But uh, uh, no, my um, I'm obviously can't win overall. So I'm in pure head-to-head mode at the moment. And I thought and I was uh, very, very close to even in a couple of $200 buy-in. And so I thought, oh, I just need to buy someone to get over the line. And I uh, ended up choosing choosing a cash-up in Hoyer. So at 92, I thought base price nothing, which was good. That's a big win, mate. Real big win. That's a good one. Yeah, well, I looked at all the numbers and I couldn't find anyone. I was considering going, um, what's his name? Um 
I mean, right, 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 Lomax, uh, his price, I thought, that's a lot of money for, for someone that you know, might not be kicking many goals. And then I thought, you know what? This bloke here, he's a bit of a cash out. He's playing left side, he's not outside stags. So look at his numbers, he had 35 points and hit ups and tackle busts. It was all based on one game he played, so I just thought, oh, worst case, it's a cash out. Let me pull over the line once. And yeah, he fell over the line the first three minutes. I thought, here we go. So finally got some luck. Yeah, Latrell Mitchell ended up doing pretty well at 93 points. I was sort of, I toyed with that one, but I just didn't have enough enough trades to to be doing things like a Hines or a Cleary out or something and then getting them back a couple of weeks later. Like I, I just didn't have enough to do the Latrell one. So in the end, I didn't. And I, I sort of thought it was going to be okay because he's on well, a 60-odd, um, three quarters through the match. And it sort of looked like it was going to be okay. And then even at the end, I thought, oh, at least he's going to get Simbind and he'll be a minus. You know, he's said only end up on 80-odd. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's still ended up with the 93 points. Uh, probably he ended up coming through with 90. I have to say, though, like I did think after that try that he scored, I, I thought that he had an outside chance of matching Cody Walker. You know, there was... 12, 13 minutes left, and it was like, oh, yeah, if the Eels keep going through, like, he might even get a double, but, like, if anything, he's at least going to get 15 points in extra work, so he'll get over the 100 mark. It won't be too bad between him and Walker. Mm. But he bloody got pulled off with, with 12, 13 minutes to go, so mm. that kind of sucked as well. But he was the most captain player. Um, other near misses, guys to highlight. Mike Acebo, my boy, he came through with 79, but Jesus, Billy, you would have been watching that game. That's he, It was a toenail in that second try that would have tunned him up. He was so close to scoring that. Yeah, I couldn't afford him either. So uh, he, he would, it was between him and uh, him and Lomax. So I'll take that for you. Yeah, it was, uh, wasn't far away there. It'd be nice. If he could learn to put the ball down with his left hand, might be, might, might, might be a bit more of a chance. But um. Yeah, wingers, mate. They're just as bright as forwards. Yeah, well, of course. But speaking of forwards too, I think one of the calls we made is that don't worry about Clemmer because there's just you're not going to really you're going to prefer other options for the year. And really, for that buy round, you wanted some of the higher ceiling guys. And there's no way he's going to score. He's got like four tries in his career. Scored his fifth try in his career on the weekend. <laughs> the only thing that ended up helping us out was he got set off at the end. Uh, so yeah, I only ended up seventy on, but he scored his fifth try of his career on the weekend. So we we're wrong about that one. I was wondering why he was 17 bucks anytime. <laughs> He's going to go out sooner or later, but um, yeah, maybe um, even the big fellas go from time to time. Junior four, I'll be soon. Well, he's about due for this one as well. Look, it, it ended up being um, a round where actually the, it was different from round 13. The overall scoring was quite good. Um, and just to finish up on the round, to give people an example, 64 players scored 50 plus. So it wasn't one of those rounds where you actually had heaps of the low scoring guys. Um, it ended up being pretty solid scoring all around. Pappenhausen didn't make that top 64, Billy. 49 points for Pappy. Yeah. What an absolute bugger. That that trade was just a killer. Um, I, I did the same thing. We've lost 40K. He's got that injured finger now. Um, I mentioned on the weekend just talking about Pappy a little bit. You know, it's he's been a phenomenal player. He seems to... I seem to always miss a few of his good games and inadvertently every season when I get on, he gets hurt or he's not any good. Uh, I think last year or the year before when I started with him, he was terrible for the first two months. Um, it's But all of a sudden, you know, the last few years, it's been pretty injury-riddled for Pappy. And I don't want to say that he's he's got the turbo curse, but... 
if he ends up missing more time this year or that finger or he gets another injury this year, uh, it's going to be a legit worry for next season on Pappy getting through games, I reckon, because he's been missing like 25% of his seasons pretty easily on multiple injuries. And it just seems to keep happening. Um, unfortunately for me, I always, I, I just always trade him in when he gets hurt or when he's bad for a couple of weeks and then gets hurt. Yeah, well, last year was a bad HIA up until that point. He was, he was, he was killing it. Similar, similar things to this year. And the one at the moment is just a bit of a stub. So he's, he's had one bad game in God knows how long. So I think there's a bit of mulling in there. Well, he buggered his hip as well on the weekend. Like, that's the thing. He's just always in the wars, right? Like even the, from yeah, what he just came back from, right? It was it was multiple leg injuries. It was his hamstring and his knee. Like he, he just, he seems to always be a bit of a worry, um, which... Well, mate, bloke that's injured half the time and still averaging 99 or 96, whatever it is, so I'll, I'll be happy with that. If Put it this way, if it keeps him back under 130 average so we can all buy him next year and not have to worry about him doing a turbo, I think I think they'll do us all right. Yeah, you watch. I'll start with him next year. He'll be injured round one, mate. It'll, it'll happen again. Don't yeah. worry about that. But... Well done. Hey, just before before we move on, just just a quick just a quick point. Um, you talked in our last podcast about sort of strategy. Just going to give a very quick example of where our break evens sort of don't really sort of matter. Um, not last week, the week week before, I ended up to have, tossing up between getting Brian Tuo or or kind of Pappy, and I thought, you know what, Tuo has a really low break even. He was playing, I can't remember who it was, but lowly ranked team at home. Then has the buy, then has the Tigers following the buy. So I opted, opted to get him over sort of Pappy, who I thought, you know, had a break even 130, 140, I'll, I'll, wait, I'll, I'll wait a bit. So Tuo ends up scoring 50 or 60 or something or other. Pappy scores 140. Then I know Pappy only scored 49 sort of last week, but he did actually play and scored the 49. Brian Tuo did. did. Now Tuo is not named against uh, the Tigers. So I basically spent, what, 600 grand for, what, 50 points for one player over three rounds as opposed to Pappy's 140 potential loop plus 50. So it just goes to show that um, the cream do rise. And when, you, when, you, when you're doing your bike, your bike planning, guys like uh, uh, um, Walker, um, uh, who else is there? Stags, who is way out of form. When they've got those matchups, don't worry about break evens or, or quality because cream do rise. And it seems like the last couple of buy rounds, thirteen and seventeen, they've all sort of uh, uh, they've all sort of come out and done their job. Yeah, I agree with that mostly. Um, the other thing to point out with that too, though, is you know we also spoke about not getting guys just for a week. Yeah, um, and and really being careful of doing that because someone that you just get for that week it might be a negligible difference. Like, and I mentioned that I ended up changing my third trade and got Jed Cartwright, um, and Jed Cartwright ended up scoring fifty odd, um, which was a pretty good score. And someone like Sean Lane he outscored, and that was who I was ended up considering because I had to change from Madison after Madison was ruled out, and I originally put in Sean Lane after the podcast because I went, well, that's sort of a like for like on my Madison trade, and Lane was obviously six hundred thirteen thousand, yeah. whereas I paid two hundred thousand for Jed Cartwright and actually got a couple of extra points, um, and that it's littered through this buy round. You know, Zach Hosking got sixty three points more than a Sean Lane forward that you could have gotten, and only seven points below a premium. David Clemmer. Um, I, I talk about my boy Sebo, who scored 79 and I thought was a good buy. But having said that, if it was someone like you who didn't have the money and just went for a hoider, 
Uh, he ended up scoring 92 points. Richie Kenner came in late, wasn't even going to play first grade last week, scored 91. So it does balance out a little bit there where, you know, if if you are just looking at guys for very short term and for the buy and you don't have a lot of trades, and that's the case with the second buy around, you really need to reconsider and maybe just cut your losses and bank some money and or go for a, um, a bit of a, you know, 200K type of guy. And you can end up just as well off. And we saw that as well a lot in the round two. Yeah, this is where it frustrates guys like you as well. So I've been off more than I think she would have gotten lucky with Hoyer. Now all of a sudden, um, what's his name? Uh, Probably getting rested this week. Does he go to the right-hand side or do they, do they like rest, resting oats? The guy was really lucky making runs left, right, left, right and centre. And if it wasn't for Colo or sort of oats you know, in our origin team, any other team, he'd be sort of a small, a small sneaky chance of actually remaining in the squad. And when you at this this time of the season, when there's sort of inj- injuries, but all sort of the starts sort of coming out, all but a bad choice like the one I just made there um, could end up sort of coming back to end up starting and being sort of depth coverage, which which has to frustrate people who spent you know decent money on on, on quality players there. And uh, someone like me just potentially gets a little bit lucky with a bloke like that down the track. Yeah, for sure. And look, there's there's teams as well that had uh, AJ, Maddo, Hines, uh, and a couple yeah, of other exactly. guys, and ended up five or six players ruled out. Um, and that's just that's just brutal for the week of the bye. Um, it it really is. Um, but that's the luck of the draw. That's the luck of Super Coach. We've started to chat about strategy, so let's move along from the bye round and actually yeah. talk about our strategy for this round and strategy going forward. Um, so one of the things that I think is important right now, Billy, is for me, unless you are head-to-head only and you've got must-win head-to-heads, in which case you really need to be taking it week by week um, because you're going to you know, try and make those finals, which are coming up very quickly, or if you're loaded in trades, which it makes sense to just look short-term and just to throw guys in and out, try and make some money. But I think that you know, 80% of coaches aren't in those boats. So for the vast majority of super coaches, all, all the trades that you're making right now really should be for the run home in mind. Um, and I say that because I'm still seeing people asking questions or posting teams and things. And it's it's very much, you know, six to eight trades left, which is you know pretty normal for a lot of teams. And they're making these trades and it's 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 like, well, Cody Walker is a good example. Um, you know, Cody Walker just had a really good game and he's playing the Bulldogs this week. You know, I've seen a couple of people trading him in. Oh, he's a really good pod for this week. You know, he's he's going to make a little bit of cash, although not too much, maybe. Yeah, that's great. But when you have a look at that, like if you've got six or seven trades and you're trading in Cody Walker, um, the last month of the season is terrible for South. Like you won't even want to play him. And we're coming into round 18. So the last month of the season is very near ahead of us. So those are the sort of trades where I think um, as a strategy from this round, you really need to be looking more longer term for the for the run home uh, because what's going to happen, Billy, is that you're going to end up making some decent points this week and then it's just going to catch up with you really badly uh, over the coming weeks after that. Cody Walker is one example and I do think he'll go well this week, but there's obviously a lot of others. But Billy, you know, what's your thoughts on that, uh, you know, really trying to focus on the run home rather than the short term and less those couple of caveats like must win head to heads and, and also um, trade loaded people can, can have a little bit of leniency and probably do whatever they want because they've got a million trades. Draw, draw is one thing. Like you look at what, what Tim did, he's obviously looked at the draw and going, I'll get, I'll get in those for the Tigers game last week and they've got, um, got the Warriors this week. So he was a pain of $1.14 
ran out to the mark to, to beat them. So you look at guys with a draw, um, you look at key, uh, the key sort of matchups, but like home, home runs as well, like a couple of back-to-backs. Um, you look where you can sort of play your pods uh, in and out. And the other thing is, you look. You really need to look to offset other players. So, not so much who don't you have, who don't you have that can hurt you. For me personally, I don't have uh, Manu. I couldn't afford him. But I'm now in a position where he's playing five eighth uh, until Kiri comes back. And the one game at fullback that he played, and the one game at five eight that he played, where he's got his hands on the ball, he's basically scored a hundred back to back with with no tries. So. I think he had like 32 points in tackle bus or something in his last game, and that was at 5-8. So I'm very, very scared for coming up in head-to-heads uh, in a game where he's at 5-8 at home versus the Dragons. So he's one that I'm sort of contemplating. And Latrell Mitchell was another one I was looking at. Uh, I'd love to have him this week, but obviously he comes into the storm next week. So at what point do you go, uh, you start looking at a draw. So for that, for that reasoning, um, I'd be potentially looking at a bloke like Barney this week. Yeah, exactly right. And the other thing too is that, you know, when you're, when you're into 18 rounds into a season, you can't stuff around anymore. Like now's the time where you need to get your final team ASAP as far as I'm concerned. Like you can play around a little bit and, you know, around the, the, the first third of the season in particular, you're trying to make money, you know, you can be a little bit more patient on when you're getting guys in. But for this final third run here, for the run home from round 18 onwards, and for me, it's round 18 onwards is the run home as well, just to clarify for people listening. Like to me, when we're talking the run home, it's now because the buy is finished, Origin's going to be finished. And this is, you know, round 18 to 25, you know, that's the final portion of the season. So this is the run home. And for the run home, if you're in the run home, like think about like a horse race, your horse comes around the straight, you got no more time to strategize or you got no more time to try and position yourself. You got to go and bolt for that straight. Now you got to go and win. You got to go for that winning post and we're on the straight now. So now you have to get your team in place as quickly as you can. That's going to be your final plan. And at this point you should know these are the four blokes that I have to get into my side that I need, whether that's guys that can really hurt you like Billy said, or guys that you've been planning on getting or, or, you know, any of the big guns, the top scorers, you need to get those guys in and you've got to do it quickly because you're going to actually erode value in these guys, aren't you, Billy? Because if you say, oh, look, I'm going to get Munster for the, the final four games of the season, um, that's and he's your 5'8", that you think's the best 5'8". Well, you're going to only get a month worth of games as opposed to round 18 onwards, you know, and obviously some of these guys you need to wait until the following week. But the point is you've got to get them in as quick as you can because now these games are going to be really valuable. And if you get someone like that you think's the best in the position for the last two or three weeks. It's just a killer because, you know, it's very luck-based in such a short period of time where somebody like, say, Munster, for example, might throw up two 40s and an 80, and you're going to miss out on the, the ton and the 90 that he would have thrown up a couple of weeks before that because you just haven't given yourself enough games. So for me, Billy, the other big takeaway now for this run home period is you've got to get your final team ASAP. You can't afford to stuff around too much with these other trades now. Yeah, exactly. Um, don't, don't muck around. Uh, probably using the analogy a bit too much, but don't, don't leave anything left um, in, in the tank. And like you were saying, there's only what four or five games left before the head-to-head finals for the start. And put put it this way: if um, I'm almost basically out of it in a couple more head-to-heads, and there's a couple more obviously, you know, fourth or fifth, so obviously want to maintain. But if you're if you're basically running so fifteenth or sixteenth, and you need to win. 
at least four or five or five or five of the last five to make the finals. If you get a bloke like Cleary and your team is not playing this week and you know, another sort of like a bum at seven or let, 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 let's say worst case scenario, Hines, Hines is injured and doesn't play or something rather. If winning and losing your head-to-head comes down to selling Cleary for Moses and maybe maybe praying he's going to throw another up, another 120, up, do it because they point holding Cleary and winning the next four games and being out. If you need to win this week, do, just do whatever you need to do. So at least give you, give yourself a chance of um, actually being in the final. You might not be able to get Cleary back if you're absolutely that shot on trades, but at least you'll be there in the cash as opposed to, you know, so, uh, at the end of the season, being ranked, you know, 10,000 or 20,000, if you're on hold, doesn't really make a difference like where I'm ranked overall now. I've got no money in the bank. Yeah, and probably the, the final point that I'll make as well is that um, like there's going to be there's going to be sides that maybe can't trade in. Maybe they're sides that are very complete at the moment, or maybe they've got like one or two guys left in their guys who aren't going to play this week because they're not backing up, uh, and then you've got to put those off. You really should be still making your other trades in advance too for the other guys that you want. Maybe they weren't your top tier guys, but maybe you had enough trades and you were thinking about um, someone that we're going to talk about later is a David Fafita. You know, maybe if you plan on getting a David Fafita, but it was in two weeks, you get him now because you need to not just be getting guys in, but one of the things that you need to probably have in a couple of weeks time, Billy, for this run home period is in a couple of weeks time, you're going to want to have a fair bit of depth for that run home as well, because guys are no doubt going to get injured and so forth. And another example of a, a sort of team that I'm seeing is guys that only really have 17 or 18 good players to play. And then after that, they really don't want to be playing any of those other guys that they have or even too many nuffs for some teams. So if you're one of those teams, like your depth is going to become really important. And it should be the difference between um, you maybe going for a short-term cash grab to maybe getting someone in that's cheap that might be able to be a plug and play and give you a bit of depth down the track that you're going to keep rather than trade someone out again. Because... We saw it in last year was a, a particularly bad year, Billy, where plenty of coaches were playing with 15 or 16 players the last few weeks of the season. But, you know, this week itself, we're seeing it because all these origin players are getting ruled out and the, the TLT was not kind. And we're going to go through that shortly. But all of a sudden, there's some absolute dirt teams being rolled out this week. And we spoke about it being like a mini buy round because of the amount you can catch up this week. Teams that actually have depth and are giving themselves options they're going to really climb the ladder again this week, not as much as a buy round, but probably more than what they will the next few weeks. So it's a real opportunity this week, but it's also a real lesson for teams that this can happen very quickly to you in in two or three or four or five weeks time. And you're going to end up really either losing your head to head because you don't have the players to play, or you're just going to end up out of your hunt for your goal of maybe finishing top 1000, 5000, whatever that may be, just because you don't have that depth and you haven't sort of thought that through on your trades. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, classic example, like a bloke like Sudo Kraz, um, lots will look at him and go, look, he's done his job now, he's peaked to get rid of him. But what you need to take into consideration is a, blo- a bloke like that um, was basically playing in the mud bus game. You're not going to have any sort of hit-ups and tackle busts and, and many sort of kick returns in a game like that. And he's, he was pretty ordinary, but he still only scored around the sort, of, sort, of, sort of 30 mark. Prior to that, well, he had kick returns, tackle bus, offload, off, offloads galore. So you obviously don't want to play in this week, but or you, I would try to avoid playing in this week versus Souths. Um, if you had blokes like, you know, sort of Manu and, um, and Calico sort of at, at the back, but a bloke like him is a, is a great example of holding and picking and playing when you want. He's got the Titans next week. 
could very well score 35, 40 in base, get out of line once, and there's your 75 score. So, like, there's plenty of players like that that you want to sort of keep around for depth. Yeah, and you also need to, like, one thing that I like to do as well is that with players, when I'm choosing who to trade out and knowing that I'm going to have to keep some guys in there that might be a bit deadwoodish or guys that I don't want to play, I sit there and go, okay, well, out of these guys that I'm considering, maybe I've got four or five guys and I can only trade out two of them. Which ones am I going to be more worried about that last month of footy having to play? Like, if I have to play any of these guys, how much is it going to hurt me? And that's when you can kind of really get a clear indication, right? Because you might have someone that might be, you know, give you 30K more bank, uh, but they might actually be a lot better than the guy that's 30K less if you have to play them. Um, a good example might be someone like Tass. Like, so Tass is actually a really good player this week, I think, playing the Bulldogs. He might score well, and he has scored quite well. But in saying that, like, I wouldn't trade Tass this week. But if you look at next week, you know, and you think, oh, you know, Tass is a much better player than player X. But the thing is with Tass, if you keep him, you're not going to want to play him for that last month of footy. So he might be a better player than this other guy that you're going to trade out. But when you're looking at when you might actually have to play them, if you had to choose those weeks, you'd choose not to play Tass and it would actually hurt you in a lot of those matchups. So maybe consider keeping the other guy. Like there's a bit of a thought process around that for that last four or five weeks, you know, which are the depth guys that are actually going to be able to cover for you best. Uh, and it might mean that you end up trading someone that you thought you weren't going to trade, but it helps your team out a lot better and gives you depth. You also want to be really careful with your dual position flexibility and stuff. You don't want to be moving guys to a point where you all of a sudden have no flexibility in your team. I've been caught out before um, and I'm actually in a, in a bit of a tough spot at the moment because I had to trade out TPJ. I don't actually have any cover in my front row forward. So even though I've got, two dual players that are starting in front row forward for me in Tomalolo and Papali'i, I don't have a third on the bench and I don't actually have someone in my second row that I can swap with them if they're out. So I've really hurt myself there uh, unless I get another dual in, which I'm planning on doing, doing in Tapani. But if a team does that and doesn't get them in, you're going to run out of trades and you're actually, even though you've got all these guys on your bench and your forward pack, you're not actually going to be able to put anyone in the front row forward because you don't have anyone that can duel with them that's actually playing. So one example, hopefully it doesn't sound too complicated to people, but basically guys and girls, you need to make sure you've got the flexibility in your team and the depth, and then you're not going to get caught out in that final month because inadvertently injury suspensions all of it's going to hit because it always does. Billy, we need to take a quick break because I'm excited to talk about Manscaped. Manscaped sent me and you packages. They said, guys, we want you to try out some of our products. And if you like the Manscaped products, then we'd be happy for you to promote them. And I thought, yeah, well, why not? You know, I'm, I'm a man, obviously. I do groom. I need Manscaped products. Give me them and I'll give you my honest opinion on them. I've got to tell you, you know, it, I was really impressed with the quality. Me and Billy got these and brought to you by Manscaped. You know, they're known as one of the best in men's below the waist grooming. That's one of their taglines. The products I found really precision engineered um, and really great for your family jewels for those boys that do want to have the Manscaped look. But the performance package is what me and Billy got sent out. And it's a real hygiene bundle for men. Over 5 million men worldwide have actually trusted Manscaped and you can trust them too with an exclusive offer on the, on the NRL All-Stars podcast with a 20% off offer on this podcast. And you get free worldwide shipping as well just by going with the NRL the All-Stars promo code. So that promo code again is NRL All-Stars. And you'll get 20% off free worldwide shipping anywhere. You just go to manscaped.com 
But, you know, 5 million, man, that's 10 million balls, Billy. You know, I, look, we all need to look at our trimming options. We all need to look at our hygiene options. Manscaped have you covered. And I've always said, Billy, you know, a snake in the grass looks a lot smaller than on the footpath, doesn't it? <laughs> no, maybe for you. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's a, shame, it's a shame you said below the waist because I reckon you can shave the end of your chest, go out in the sun and get, you know, sort of do the red white B-stripe going. Well, it's been, it's, been, it's been good for me all over. Um, so it, it, they've got fantastic products. And look, they sent us a performance package. And in that performance package, it's a hygiene bundle. They've got gels. Uh, they've also got a, um, a weed whacker. And the weed whacker is for nose and ear hair and your face. Uh, and the Manscaped tools, obviously, you don't just have to use on your on your balls. You can use them everywhere. So there's that too. But I, I, Billy, I found the bundle really good as far as, you know, if I went past it in the shop or didn't know about it and I saw it, I'd think, wow, but like unpacking it, I thought it was really good quality. Yeah, it does look pretty good. But to be honest, I've always just, just used a razor when I gave it a go. And the, um, the thing I actually um, thought was cool about it is the, the, the trimmer, what you call it, it's not the, the blades aren't as big as what the, the hair ones are. So less likely to uh, cut, open, cut open a Christmas present early, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. Inside the packages that me and Billy got, which is... Uh... The package that you guys can grab as well with the uh, Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle comes in a nice little package. And in that, you'll get the Lawn Mower, which is a 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker for the ear and nose hair trims, uh, a Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Now, don't knock it till you try it, guys, but also a Crop Reviver Tone, Performance Box of Briefs, and you get this nice leather-looking travel bag as well to just throw everything in. So you get a lot of nice throw-ins in the bundle as well, which is really great. So... Uh, the 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 lawnmower, that's a trimmer of the future. Great grooming. That's your ball one. Fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade, reducing accidents, which is what you want with skin safe technology. Uh, also waterproof as well with an LED light, so you can do it in the shower as well, which is great. Um, so no mess on the bathroom floor or anything. But the other thing that I thought was a game changer, Billy, uh, also includes that weed, weed whacker, which I mentioned. So, you know, you know you're, you're getting a bit older. You start to get nose hairs and, and ear hairs and you start to think, oh, I know what's going on. I didn't have that in my 30s. We've got the weed whacker for all that stuff. So that's waterproof as well, skin-safe technology. Um, all of that's great. And everyone will say thank you, including your balls, fellas. So jump in there, have a look at Manscaped. Uh, they even throw in the, the free gifts in it as well with these boxes, with your travel bag and everything else. So take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off plus free shipping because you listen to the NRA All-Stars podcast. We like to bring everything to our listeners. Go on, have a try, have a look, see what you think. Ultimate grooming package, uh, 20% off. Use NRL All-Stars promo code and you'll get that special offer today. Yep. And we'll wax on, wax off. Go over the hedge, lads. <laughs> awesome well look thanks for listening to us talk about our balls for a few minutes boys and especially the girls who you know you can buy them for your husband's father's day is coming up in september don't forget about that but we do have a podcast to talk about round 18 and i tell you what i, I mentioned that there was a bit of carnage for last round with the buy this first game billy it, it just starts straight away doesn't it cowboys versus sharks the cowboys Dearden and Gilbert have been named to back up. Whether they do or not, you have to wait and see. But Valentine Holmes and Jeremiah and I have been ruled out straight away. Now, this was always the game that was a bit of a worry because it's it's on the Friday night at 6 p.m. and you know, 8 p.m. kickoff for Origins on that Wednesday. So 
first game for Tom Dearden and also Tom Gilbert in an Origin Arena, um, I would be not surprised if they get ruled out as well. Obviously, for Supercoach, the big one's going to be Valentine Holmes. So he's starting to get a bit of momentum. Um, people are looking at buying him in. Jeremiah Nanai was actually more owned than what he should be because people brought him in for that round 13 buy and held on to him. The good news is that for the Sharks, Nico Hines is back. Toby Rudolph is back. Uh, the Nico news is huge for Supercoach. But Talakai's in the extended squad. I found that a bit interesting because low minute forward, um, I just sort of thought that you know, low minutes in origin, he'd end up playing. But I guess Connor Tracy looked pretty good last week. So maybe they're just comfortable with how they're playing. It is up in Townsville, but it's a bit of a blockbuster one. It's just a shame, Billy, that it's so close after origin. We're going to have a few outs. Yeah, that was always going to happen. But at the very least, the games like this, you know, he's going to be brought out too early, which is somewhat of a good thing. The unfortunate thing is that even if you do have guys that are back, backing up, um, they're generally going to play lower minutes in the forwards and yeah, less likely so with your backs. I think with this one here, we're probably a little bit sort of lucky that it's not a game where you have, where people would have too many players. It's probably just the, uh, the a little bit of that sort of spine that they're kind of, kind of, look, kind of looking at. And for, for those that's kind of held Tom Alolo, uh, uh, he's got to go with his minutes. Yeah, and uh, that's a good point as well. Like if if Gilbert's ruled out, they don't have Nanai. Um, they've already got some other outs. McLean obviously got hurt in Origin camp, which is an out that's not really even mentioned on a lot of the team sheets. You know, someone like Tom Malola could be in for really big minutes. So I really like him for this week. When we're talking about market watching this first game, Talakai is in the top ten most traded traded out, ninth most traded. He was getting traded heavily last week as well. Uh, look, he's in the extended squad. Um, people are looking at this going, oh, you know. He's got the Cowboys now and, and then he's got Penrith. But again, like I, I need to reiterate, like if you need to trade him out because you don't have anyone else, I understand. But I sort of think that a lot of teams would have other options that I'd prefer to trade out. Um, I don't want to be saying he's a must-hold. He certainly isn't. But Billy Talakai's average 66 for the season. Um, if he does come into the side this game, um, I think that some teams should reconsider because maybe some people need him out for depth because they don't have it and they need guys to play. But if he ends up playing, which which could very well happen, uh, the Cowboys side is reasonably under strength, you know, and they could have as many as six or seven top line guys out for a variety of reasons, not just Origin, also guys like McLean. So to me, this kind of, even though it's in Townsville, shapes up as a decent game for the Sharks and they're coming off a smashing in Melbourne. Someone like Talakai, if he's in, could be good, but the, the other thing is, like I've mentioned a million times, Penrith next week is tough, but then everything else is gravy. Like from around 20 to 25, it's great. So I I understand if he's out and teams have to do it to get someone in, um, but otherwise I'm actually going to hold Talakai myself. Yeah, and the thing with those guys are they're, they're in, what, third or fourth spot, but they're only sort of two points sort of in, inside the eight. Given the, the game this week, I reckon they'd probably want to go for the win. So... They're two points clear of the Broncos and, and, and the Eels, both into the fifth and sixth spot. Broncos are just starting to put something together. Eels are going to hit me a soft, soft sort of draw now, so they're going to, they're going to, they're going to come out in the rear. I think they really want to win this one this week, so it puts them into equal sort of second spot with a bit of, bit of cushion. I, and Talakai is obviously coming off the bench, so he's not going to play big minutes. I think he'll actually play. Yeah, I reckon he will too. I'm with you. I, I reckon that he's going to come in. Um, and, and Trindle will drop out, Trace will go to the bench as a utility. And other guys in this one, guys I'm excited about, Scott Drinkwater, um, we haven't gotten to talk about him because they had the round 17 buy, but he's got a five-round average of 72, a three-round average of 76. 
and he, he's just been obviously having a great season, but people are now looking really to trade out guys in their spine, in their super coach team who are, are no longer um, keepers uh, and the buy's done. So they don't need to hold on to them. After the Sharks game, we talked about the Sharks run in a couple of weeks time. People need to remember that from now for the run home, this Cowboys side has the Sharks at home. Then they've got the Tigers, Dragons and Bulldogs, Roosters and then Warriors. So certainly the last game against Penrith is an ideal, but that's people have to remember that's not in head-to-head finals. Round 25 isn't the head-to-head grand final. Round 24 is against South for them. So I, I saw a question today about, you know, who should I get in for the run home and centre wing? And to me, it was Sharks and Cowboys. That's the run home teams for me for the centre wing attack guys. Scott Drinkwater's great. He's still a, um, a, a very much a pot option. But the other guy in the spine that's just come back for this one, Billy, Nico Hines killed everybody last week. I think, you know, I was going to actually captain him over Pappenhausen. People actually sold him. I'd want to be buying him back very soon. First game of the round, he's my VC pick for this one, Billy. I know it's the Cowboys. I know it's away, but the Sharks were really impressive last week. And I just think the Cows are going to be a little under strength. So we might see a bit more points than what we normally would. And just it just marries up, doesn't it? The first game of the round, it's really easy to loop and everything. Just You can put the VC on Nico. So I do still think he's an option, even though the Cows are one of the top defensive teams. Yeah, Nico's been um, <clears throat> producing even when he's not producing. There was a game uh, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago where he was on what, 65 or 70 or something rather, and all of a sudden got updated, updated to 96. Um, his goal kicking has been horrendous. Uh, he hasn't really had any sort of uh, or as many try assists as as what he did sort of earlier in the year. But then sort of last week he came good with a lifting ball over the top, and so the week before he came good with a lifting ball over the top, and he started to look a little bit sort of better. But for a bloke to be averaging what he is, where he's not really doing much, he, he's a very very safe sort of player to sort of DC and and see most of the time, and you just show that the the draw he's got coming up. I'd be shooting bricks if I didn't own him. Yeah, and uh, I, I like him for the VC this week. I need to point out, I'm not going to go through the stats of the outside backs for the Sharks because we've spoken about the Pod Katara at 2% yeah. and also Militalo at around 10% in-depth plenty of time, so I'm not going to go through it again. But I will point out with the Cowboys' defence that they have uh, the hammer in at centre and he's definitely not as good there and definitely can make mistakes. And they've got Brendan Elliott on the other wing. Uh, who obviously is a fringe first grader and can also make some mistakes over there. So their back line, um, if they have Dearden out as well, that's just going to be someone else on that edge. It's going to be brand new. Uh, And obviously Nanai isn't there either. So they've got Lumi who is going to be on that edge too. So they're not going to have the, um, they're not going to have the defensive unit that they normally have when they go well, which means I'm pretty comfortable playing all my sharks. Um, top spot bet of the week. Sharks are sharks were two dollars thirty, Billy, and I jumped on that early. They're now in a two dollars ten. I'm all over that for the sharks for the upset. But if you want to be safe on top sport, you can go plus one and a half and take the line. But your eels and warriors is, is is the second game of this round. The big news for this one, Maddo's still out. So I'm sure a lot of people have been wondering what to do with him now, and a lot of people have lost patience. But they're coming up against a Warriors side who have Reese Walsh back in, who is a huge inclusion. Other than that, same teams. Penasini is the most traded out player, Billy. I think that makes complete sense. But um, the seventh most traded out player now for this week so far is Ryan Madison. And this one is going to warrant a bit of chat. So I'm going to need you to tell me what you think about it because Maddo when he's been playing, has been one of the best second-row forwards in a spot where we haven't had too many. Uh, but the problem is that he's now got a rib injury and 
it just one of the things that I mentioned to people today is that Madison always seems to take longer than others to get back. And you never really seem to get a clear indication of when he's going to be back. You'd think that maybe next week against the he's going to be back or the Tigers game the week after, but it's just always hard to tell with him. So do you cut bait? 677,000, averaging 71 for the year. I think in a vacuum, you'd say, look, he's one of those top tier guys in his position. So you'd hold even if it's another week or so. But, you know, guys are getting impatient and they're selling. So what would you do with him? I'd sell him. We might. There's only what, a few game, a few games left. He's got some cash cash value there. Just just use it. Um, even when he does come back, there's no guarantee he's going to get big um, big minutes. He hasn't he hasn't been playing big minutes anyway. His, his scores have been impact. So if he's coming back and he's ginger, if he, if he doesn't go over the line for a line break try, you have got to take those thirty points off the average. And I know he's been pumping some decent numbers, but if you go back and have a look at all those scores. Pretty sure you'll find the try assist, line break assist, or line break try in every single one of those last six, seven weeks. So I wouldn't be banking on the ginger ribs. So for me, no, I get rid of him. I would use the money to um, bolster us, bolster where, um, where I can by really sort of making sure that front row, front row is propped up and getting the, the one, one or two people that you don't have. Um, for me, it's a tarpany. I really like a bloke sort of hitting up, tackle busting, offloading with ease. So just offset his sort of clutch attack with a guy that's just got, you know, sort of um, good, good base attack. Yeah, that's a fair call. Um, I'd probably even say too, well, I think you can definitely hold him. Um, but, you know, if if you need to trade him, it does make some sense. Um, what Billy says is warranted too. He has had some games where he's had lower minutes here and there and the Eels have a forward pack that, has a lot of options where they're going to need him, but whether they need him to be playing as many minutes as what he necessarily has been at times, maybe not. Um, so that's going to be a bit of a question mark as well. One of the bargain buys in this game that is an absolute pod. So we're going to talk bargains and pods for this one. Bargains and pods, Josh Curran. Now, he was obviously one of the top secondary forward targets to start this year because he was immense last season. Uh, for this year, he's only averaging 60 points and it's been punctuated by injuries. He's only 495000 and he's 2% owned. So if people are looking pods for the run home and guys with pedigree, uh, he averaged significantly more than that last year. So Josh Curran was at a 67 average last year, seven points better than where he is currently. Um, and I reckon that he's going to get pretty close back to that 67 average or at least a 65. If he does a 65 average for the year, it's going to mean he's going to average about 68 for the duration of the year for the run home. And if he can end up making almost 200000 out of a Maddo to Curran, um, that's going to be value. And if he manages to go over the stripe at all, which he can occasionally, you'll get some attack. Uh, that's going to be a 2% ownership with a guy that's going to go big. As it stands, you know, his last couple of games starting, he's only got 60 and 63. But, you know, that's reasonably promising still. It's still decent scores and the 63 was against Penrith. So need to shout out some pods for this run home, Billy, and some value because certainly some people are going to be looking at some more fancy players and they're not going to have the money for it. Uh, or you're going to need to bank some of that Maddo money for maybe getting a, a Teddy back or a Munster. Curran sort of fits that boat a little bit. Yeah, my only concern with him, as much as I love him, like Red, I've had lots of discussions with Luke on, on him sort of in different forums. Aitken's obviously got the the full left edge. Um, you've got um, Harris back, who's just obviously got a few games under his belt now. He's going to command for the big minutes. So... Do you want him? Do you want Curran playing at lock, or do you want him playing on the edge? And if so, is he going to be on that right edge, getting getting big minutes? And does he rotate through the middle? What's the actual rotation look like now? 
Yeah, I mean the last the last two weeks he's gotten eighty minutes, and that was um, at thirteen as a starter at thirteen anyway. Um, so I think that he's versatile in the way the Warriors are. Like especially when you've got someone like Aitken on an edge, um, and like Aitken's leaving next year too, and obviously it's going to be all development now for the Warriors pretty much because it's it's going to be pretty much shut down the season and develop the players for next year soon. Um, I think that that bodes well for Curran because he's going to be sticking around. Um, so. Yeah, he should should still be getting big minutes. And I think the last two weeks at 80 is a pretty good indication. But I, I do bring up guys like Curran, Billy, because I think there's going to be a lot of teams, and this happens to me, you know, most years where I have to actually make some sacrifices. Like you might find with your final team, oh, look, I'd like to get this other guy as my last second row forward that I'm going to rotate around, but there's 700,000 and I'm just not going to be able to do it because I can't get my spine players I need. So you need to make a sacrifice. And he's just one of those guys that's, it's a bit cheaper that you can sort of say, well, maybe he'll average as good as um, somebody else that I was looking at, whether that's a kick out or one of these other more fancy guys. Um, let's move on to Sivo though. So he's another guy that is a, uh, a pod and he's also a guy that is a bit of value at the moment because he's only 474,000. I love Sivo Billy. He's called 79 points on the weekend. He was a bee's dick off getting about 110 because of that try that he ended up missing out on. Uh, and he's playing the Warriors this week, which have they, they, they leak the most center wing points uh, for opposing super coach players. So they have the side that you want to play if you've got a Micah Sivo. Um, but as much as I love him, Billy, as much as I like what I saw last week, I'm going to say I, I wouldn't necessarily buy him this week because um, he's then got the Broncos, Penrith, Manly, Souths, good one against the Bulldogs, Broncos against the Storm. It's not the best draw for the Eels. There's probably only two or three on the run home that I'd play him for. I think he was a great buy last week. Um, and if you own him this week, though, I'll throw out a really crazy thing before I go over to you. I, If you want a big ball vice captain just to go a swing, um, again, Warriors give up way more super coach points than anyone else to opposing centre wings. If your Eels are on, I could see a quad <laughs> potential. Uh, three or four tries. He's done four tries before. He's done five tries before. You know, if you want just a free swing and you can have a really good loop, it's only the second game. You know, you can just go for it with a Sebo and just see what happens. But um, I'm glad I own him. Uh, but I own him for last week's Tigers game. I'm not sure I'd be buying him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about a quad, mate, but I certainly do love the Sebo. Um I just haven't... I'd actually like to go back and have have a look at his numbers to see see what he's actually producing as for the kick returns because he just didn't seem to be producing the similar sort of numbers to um, last year. But the draw makes it makes it makes it enticing. I don't know if I'd, I certainly wouldn't see him, but DC might be an option. Do you think he'd go big enough? But he's got like his top scores one hundred and fifty five, I think, and he's got um, maybe three scores one hundred and fifty plus in his career. So he does have those. There's four tries in him. He'd have to top out because 120 is not enough to lose. No, like 130 will be, um, especially for this round. Like I'm not sure that there's enough massive standouts for this round um, with how it's shaping up. So, yeah, I, I reckon you could give it a crack. If you want it like a big ball swing, obviously it's low percentage chance of paying off, but it could. And if it does, it will be big. Um, but your reels have to be on fire. I mean, how do you see your reels going this week? Because... They were obviously playing the Tigers last week. The Tigers started to come back at them. Like, are they going to actually turn up this week? We did say last week, and we say it every year, that Eels always beat the Tigers, but it's a high-scoring game, and that happens. So, um, yeah, we're, we're playing somewhere harder, so we might shut them out. 
It's the way we roll, mate. Well, I mean, it is at home for power two, not away. Um, but that was a bit a bit of a hard yeah. away trek last week um, with a pretty parochial Tigers crowd there. But it's not at Mount Smart for the Warriors. So that'll help. Mate, Eels have had runs in the past where they don't produce anywhere, um, but um, they, they are they are one team that really does. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a fortress like the Brookie, but um, they certainly do have a very very good record at home. They've got a lot of supporters there, so I, I it's kind of like trying to try to bet against you know sort of nights on a Sunday afternoon footy. You just there's a time and place, and just not not when you want to go against them. Mm. Well. Um, last guy for this to mention on the vice captain options, Mitchell made us 115 on the weekend. Again, if if they're going to give up all these centre wing points, the Warriors, uh, Moses could be involved in a lot of it, and he could be involved in a lot of goal kicking. That's what happened against the Dragons in round four, which I'd liken it to this type of game, and he scored 144 points, which is his season high. So he's definitely shown this year already that he can do it, and he's coming off 115, which is close to loopable, but definitely was last week in the buy round as the second best score. So uh, yeah, here's the other one. If I own Moses, I'd probably be looking towards him certainly him over Sevo as a vice-captain option, but I wouldn't see any of these guys. Um, I will throw out there a bit of a smoky, though. I said I'm not going to see any of these guys. Isaiah Papali'i got 90 points last week, and those Warriors edges, um, I know I said the centre wings are susceptible. <laughs> the edges are pretty susceptible, too. He's a bit of a smoky to have a big one. If you are going to VC a Sharks player, like if you were going to maybe go VC Hines, with the sort of round this is, um, I could see a C Papali is a safe one for the following game if the VC doesn't work out. And if you don't have another massive sort of volatile guy, um, yeah, I'd prefer him to be playing later in the round to do it just so you can see what other others others, mm. others are doing. When you when you're captaining a bloke like that, ideally you want to have you know everyone else sort of captaining clearing in uh, game four or five and clearing only go ninety and and then you go all right, so I can I can reasonably safely do sort of do um. Do Papa Lee in worst case scenario gets what 65, 70 is not not too far off of it. At least you know know what you're up against. You can have a crack. When you're captaining him, sort of you know two or three games into the weekend, and he only scores 75 or 95, whatever you call it, you're shitting yourself when you come up against another bloke like sort of you know Troll Troll from Troll versus the Dogs and praying that he doesn't go sort of 120, 130, and every point above your captaincy, and you're you're chomping the bit, going ah oh, shit, this isn't going to be good. Yeah, and I mean, look, it, it does make for a stressful weekend, doesn't it, when your captain's over the second game and then you've got to watch the rest. So, yeah, whether you want to do that to yourself or not. Um, but top score bet of the week, look, Eels are minus 16.5. I'd pull that into minus 14.5 for a seventy, and I reckon that's pretty good. But also Mike Acevo, $1.59 for a try. I reckon there's no way that he's not going to score a try this week. So I'm all over that one. But Roosters Dragons is the next one. Good news for the Roosters is Origin players are backing up. Angus, Tupo, and Teddy, which is great. Um, good news for super coaches is Kiri's not back. So Manu is going to be number six, which is phenomenal for owners. No traded out players in the top 10 for Market Watch, but we do have a traded in player. Number five on the list, Joseph Manu. I have to say, Billy, it was, um, it was fate that he got his positional switch a few weeks ago because he was going to be out my door. Um, if he was going to be back in the centres, but he got switched to six and I didn't trade him and I'm glad I didn't. Last four scores, 130 at fullback in round 13, followed by 65 and 85-97 playing six. And that was against the Eels and the Penrith Panthers. So named at six this week, uh, I'm salivating what he can do against the Dragons, but 
in saying that, I do need to play a bit of devil's advocate with Manu. We don't know when Kiri is going to be back, but he has been cleared this week for full training and he's apparently doing his full training. So he could be back even next week. Um, and we're talking about trades that might be for the duration of the season. So this week, Dragons game's good if you don't own him. Um, next week, Newcastle game's good if you don't own him. Although if he goes back to the centres, that could drop. And it's a bit of a mixed bag for the Roosters. Um, I will say I think their draw is better than what people are giving them credit for. They've only got three away uh, matches along with five home matches in the rest of the games left in the eight games. But they do have the Tigers in there, which is huge. They do have the Storm and the Cowboys in there as well, though. Um, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. I do think the Roosters draw is better than average, though. But for 700000 you know, would you buy Manu knowing that he could be back at centre in a week even? Yeah, I did the numbers today because it, it, even if he does go back to centre, go and have a look at the numbers that he's produced for the year. He was basically averaging 65 there anyway with, with a very, very high floor. Um, I think this year to start the season, I owned Sawali, I owned Smith, I owned, I started with Momorowski. I started, I mean, because he was basically, I started with every single person known to mankind that was going to start on that right hand wing. And up and up up until now, I've basically got to the point where I've just given up because he because Manu refuses to pass to anyone like outside the outside him. So if I can't beat him, it's going to join him. Yeah, it's a lot to pay, but whenever he's out of position, he's going to score massive. Um, I guess the upside is yep. he just yeah, us. his offloads are there too. I think that the upside is going to be that you know there's there's rumours circulating that Kieran might be ruled out for the year and all this stuff. I don't buy it at this point, but maybe he's out for three or four weeks. Um, and then, you know, that's a lot of value, but it's going to come down to a bit of luck though, isn't it, Billy? So you have to sort of wait and see. I, I couldn't say anyone not to, because this week against the Dragons, he could he could absolutely kill it. When we're looking at pods and bargains, I haven't spoken about this bloke for a month, Billy. I'm going to have to do it though. Daniel Tupo is down to $460,000 now. Uh, playing the Dragons and the Knights the next two weeks. When we're talking about um, downgrade options, I'll be talking about someone like a, a Madison. If you need to trade them to use their money, you can downgrade to someone and use a couple hundred grand. We spoke about Curran. For 466000 buy duels to a, a Tupo and use a couple hundred thousand from Madison, downgrade from some of these other guys, whether it's Madison or whoever, and go to a Tupo is going to be great points and, and use that money elsewhere for your upgrades to your final guns as well. So, uh, I really like him for the next couple of weeks against the Dragons and the Knights. Um, and he's at a really juicy price because his last few weeks has been pretty poor, but the Roosters have had the Storm, Eels and Penrith, the killer three in a row, top four sides. They've got that run over now. So it's it's a little bit juicier now and he's real primed. He's got a 96 break even, but I wouldn't be surprised if he scores this week and goes okay. Yeah. Um, the only thing with Tupu is... I would really like to see a few extra points in, in hit-ups. Like, he, he's absolutely brilliant at origin and and tougher tough teams, but I'd like to just see some more consistency with him with, with actually kick returns. Um, given that he doesn't go over the line as much on that, that left-hand side, Kiri's out too, so they just don't seem to sweep as naturally left. I just fear his, his um, ceiling is a little bit lower than... A lot of other guys on offer around that price tag or around us the region. So I'm going to say, I wouldn't call him a lay. I just wouldn't call him a buy. I think that, the you know, at 600,000, you can't do it. But 466, I think, is a, is a decent shot. 
Yeah, I think, look, one of the things with Toops, he's actually less than what a Mike Acevo is, for instance, and he's one of those really good depth guys in his centre wing to rotate. The next two weeks, he's going to be a massive play. He's only a few percent owned, but he, he's actually averaging 46 in base-based attack. So he's got that floor where it's not going to hurt you either. Um, so I, I just do think he's at a prime price point. I'd play him for at least half of the remaining games. Uh, so I, I quite like him, especially as a pod centre wing buy even for this week against the Dragons to hit that one. And I'll just finish up by saying, Billy, Stags killed the Dragons last week, uh, but so did your boy Hoyter on the wing. So you know, that might bode well for uh, for Toops this week. Well, having a look at a vice-captaincy option or captaincy, Teddy's backing up from Origin. It is a Saturday 3pm game, this one. Some people might even want to go a, a pod VC and, and do a VC of Manu. But Teddy could also be a C option against the Dragons. But maybe with his form lately, it's probably been a bit too patchy to go for the C. How would you sort of go with this game? Would you consider either of those guys for your VCC? Manu, I would. You just want to get in Manu and just just straight C him, don't you? You just can't wait to buy him. Um, look, you know what? I, I'd probably prefer a straight C than a VC or Manu. Um, given that Hines is earlier in the week, but at, the, at this point in the season, probably every point in the season, but, but particularly, particularly now, this is the time of the season where you can where you can probably really VC what everyone else is likely seeing. So, if, for instance, if, if say Hines was Friday night and if Cleary was playing and he, and, and, and he was Saturday night, most people are going to go to the Hines and the Cleary, right? Well, you can you can do the um, the Cleary VC and then have a basically have a free stab at, at, at someone on Monday hoping that Cleary fails and only scores you know, fifty or fifty five because how often does, does is Hines going to go over one thirty one forty to loop? So there's a small there's a smaller half decent chance that the the captaincy option that everyone else is kind of going going for is um, not going to go ridic- ridiculous enough that it's going to hurt. So. Look, look what Tim did last week. Um, so I, I go back to Tim as an example. Every, pretty much every man he's dog VC Pappy, Pappy last week and then went into into someone else. He's obviously used the VC of the someone else into into someone later later in later in round to work out. So it, it's it's a good strategy to try and loot this time of year. Yep. And I like I will say like just to finish up on this game, um Teddy's three round average is only fifty eight. He's on sixty six, fifty seven and fifty. That was against really hard teams, though. So there's a few ways to look at this. Um, some people were looking at it and say, look, he's scoring 50s or 60s, um, and that's also happened five out of his last six games. The other way to look at it is to say, look, he's had three tough teams and he's scored low. You know, generally, you don't get many times where he's going to go four in a row of only 50s and 60s. In fact, it hasn't happened once this year. He's always had like a, an 88, a 94 or whatever thrown in there, uh, along with his big tons. And he's also only got two tons this year so far, 126 and 144, both big ones. He's due at least one, if not two more of these tons, um, which I think will be coming uh, in this Dragons game. He's a prime one for that. So uh, I am worried um, about not having a piece of Teddy this week. I actually sold him a few weeks ago, Billy, instead of Manu. And I was planning on buying him back this week. I haven't decided quite yet if I'm going to do that now or next week, but pretty worried if I don't do it. But the Roosters for the top sport odds on this one, after how the Dragons capitulated last week, I've got to be all over him. $1.38, minus eight points at $1.90 is the line. Minus seven and a half, you still get $1.82. So go to the minus seven and a half, I reckon. I'm pretty happy with that. Manly and the Knights, we're looking at the team news, the Seagulls, we've got the same 17. DCE and Jake Trevojevic have been named to back up, uh, which is good news for them because they'll need them. 
Braden Best is out. Ponga, Jacob Saifidi and Gagai all been named to back up for Origin. So not a lot of changes for Supercoach purposes. Although it is going to be interesting how Ruben Garrick goes because um, I think really the, one of the big question marks in this game is, is Ruben Garrick going to kick? Because he had that hip injury last game before the bye. He didn't. He stopped kicking and DCE started kicking. If DCE starts kicking, um, that takes away a lot of Ruben Garrick's value, but it all, all of a sudden makes DCE a bit of an option if you have a look at it too. Oh, not based on his conversion rate. He was horrendous. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, actually, if... Manly would probably want to get Garrick kicking as soon as he could. But did you watch that game? Because Garrick looked like he was going to be off of the half. He he looked like he couldn't even move. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like he, he I think he correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't he get hit either going going in in for one of his tries in the corner? Yeah, and it was a it was his hip. So yeah, generally those hip injuries are really painful, and they they hang around for a bit. Yeah, I remember looking at it and thinking. Didn't look too bad. It was a back play that he got up pretty, pretty much sort of straight, straight away, or within 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 sort of 10, 15 seconds or so. So it didn't. I, I did panic a bit when they said, "Oh, um, he's down." And then I thought, "Hey, that's all right." And then he didn't didn't take the conversion. I thought, "Ah, maybe just maybe just a precaution. He'd probably miss it from the sideline anyway." Uh, not Garrick, but <laughs> <laughs> and then um and but then he, he yeah he uh, couldn't hear his name for a call for a little bit and then he wasn't kicking the next one and it was kind of like ah here we go the curse starts well look DCE is really the highlight for this one for me when we're talking about pods and bargains if you wanted to go a different way at number seven and, and look Billy there's going to be some teams that have Nathan Cleary and, and maybe Hines at fullback and they're going oh geez I don't have a number seven to play I need to trade one in um five hundred eighty seven thousand. We've got DC at the moment. He generally has better second half of the seasons than what he does um, the first half. Like when you're having a look at his in in 2021, he's 19 around 19 to 26 average was 105 points a game. In his middle rounds, it was 86. In his round one to ten, it was 58. It was his back back third that he really came through, and that's what we're hitting now. He's coming off 118 points in the buy round versus Storm, and merely need to win games, but They've got a pretty good draw themselves. They've got Newcastle and also uh, the Dragons, the next two, the same as the Roosters, but the other way around. Then they've got Roosters and Para, which is tough, but then they hit the Gold Coast Titans, uh, Sharks, Raiders, and then finish on the Bulldogs. So a few, like four of those games, I'd probably say premium matchups, which are 50% of them, 587,000. Averaging 70 for the year, I actually think the DC is an under the radar smoky, especially if he gets better at the goal kicking. <laughs> Yeah, look, you're right. I can't argue with the numbers. He does seem to be a back part to a player. I'd probably want to pick and choose the games that I play him, so I don't think I'd want to have him just yet. I'd probably, in a couple of weeks, and focus on plugging some significant holes. But if, you, if, you've, if you've got those holes plugged, you don't really have, it, have anyone that sort of... So you don't not have anyone in your team that sort of concerns you. He's certainly a luxury plug. I'll give you that. I'll finish off on DC with a, with a couple of numbers. In his 14 games this year, only one has been below 50. One out of 14, and that was 29. And if we delve a bit deeper, 11 out of his 14 games have been 60-plus. He has had the consistency of a Ford, uh, which is pretty remarkable, really. So 587,000 is going to be huge value. Um, Ola Kuatu is the 10th most traded in player. I'm not going to talk about that because Ola Quato has been a beast this year. It makes complete sense. On the sit and play for the Manly Knights game, 
if you got Barnett in for last week, I'd roll the dice and keep playing him because uh, Manly Edge is susceptible to Supercoach scores. So Barnett, I, I reckon he might be a 50-50 for try again this week. So I'm going to be rolling him out. Good time before we hit the Titans Broncos to mention the great sponsor of the All-Stars podcast in Top Sport. Topsport.com.au, sponsor the NRL All-Stars podcast. They are 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. You can go to that website or you can also download the really easy-to-use app. They've got often the best odds in sport, but also in racing, and they cover everything. In sport, you can even bet on not Supercoach scoring, but certainly fantasy point scoring. They've got their own fantasy point scoring system that you can bet the over and under on scores, and it's all based on the real NRL stats as well that you can check out on NRL.com if you want to do some research. But that's loads of fun. Billy, I'm sure that you've hit up on the, the fantasy point scoring markets on top sport on the over and under. It's a heap of fun if it's the closest what you can get to betting on Supercoach. Well, a couple of close shaves there, but I've come out on top. I always do, Billy. Always do. Well, look, if you want to bet on those markets or anything else on Top Sport, gamble responsibly, but use the promo code for this podcast. That is SC All Stars, all one word. When you create an account with them, just use SC All Stars as your promo code. That way they'll know you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. But topsport.com.au, go get on them and check out that today. Titans Broncos, huge news for the Titans. They've got Tino playing. Sammy and Corey Thompson are both back. I've been wondering where Corey Thompson was. Young gun Sosefo Fafita is on the wing, but the big news is big David Fafita is starting again. Jersey 11. Broncos team news. Hoyter obviously retained his spot, as we mentioned, with Oates on the extended bench, and Cobbo definitely rested, which we know now. Uh, Carrigan's also on the extended bench. Capel's going to be rested too, and Huss is out another week. Let's start off with uh, Market Watch, Billy. Um, Mam is the second most traded out player. Now, on, on the surface, you don't get this type of stuff. But I'm in the position where I've looked at training out Mam, so I do understand. Ezra has been a phenomenal player this year so far. He's still only got a break even a 30, so just under 400K. He's still probably got money to make. 69 on the weekend against the Dragons. Coming up against the Gold Coast Titans. Current Wooden Spooners. Uh, it is a great game for someone like Ezra Mam to score points. And we know that because he played him in round 12 and he scored 81 points. I look at him as a great play this week, but I also look at him in my team. He's the only guy I can trade out, Billy, if I want to get a spine player in. If I want Tedesco back, I've got to trade Mam out. So I think a lot of uh, coaches are in that boat. Um, and I'm, I'm even 50-50 on what I'll do. Mam's the second most traded out player, Billy. You know, what are you going to do with him? I'm going to keep you from playing, but um, uh, you're right. I think I, I, I'd much prefer the safety of a uh, a low 50 from Teddy as opposed to what a high sort of 75, 80, 80, 80 from Ezra, um, knowing that the Teddy can go to the 150 as well. So I'd probably rule out the fear factor of, of uh, not having Teddy if, if, I, if I could. That's kind of a luxury, luxury trade. But if you don't have to sell him, I wouldn't I would, I would be selling him just this week using him as one of your last reserves. Yeah, I, I'd definitely play him if I didn't sell him. Um, and I, I think Billy's probably hit the nail on the head there. Like, if you've got a guy that you really need that's a big gun like a Teddy, uh, it makes sense. If, you just, if, if you've got other guys to trade or you, you're trading in someone you don't necessarily need this week, then I'd keep Mam and, and just play him because he could be in for a big one. The thing that scares me about it is Tessie knew um, just destroyed last week in that back line. Um, and I'm, I'm worried this week it could be someone like Ezra Mam because I don't think anyone thought that New was going to put on 140 points against any opposition. 
I'm worried that, you know, Mam's got that type of game where he could go for his first ton of his career. So I am a bit worried about that, but I, I certainly understand selling him. Payne Haas is 480000 obviously been out a couple of weeks, going to be out one more. But the word is Billy is going to be back healthy next week. You know, what What do you do here as a fourth most traded out player? I, I've said the last couple of weeks I trade him out, but I sort of feel now that teams that have held him for the last two and not traded him are, are only a week away from him being back anyway. He's only worth 480000 that's the thing. There's no value in, in him now. So you're basically taking him and what? Using him as a platform for someone else? Like who? Like he's, he's going to keep, he's not injured anymore. He's, he's going to come back and, and, and be one of those sort of top top two, three forwards, you would think. Um, and if you do get rid of him uh, to, to downgrade, who you're downgrading him to, you're basically using the cash to upgrade elsewhere, so two trades. Yeah, well, I'm 50-50 on it. Like, I understand people getting off, but I sort of think that you should have gotten off before. But I guess there's people that are going to want, want a Joe Tappany in for the yeah. home over him. And that's that's going to be who they need to get rid of, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, look, I, I feel there's a fair, fair few people out there that probably have properly, uh, uh, sorry, King, as well as sort of Haas in that sort of sort of front row. And if he's coming back um, sort of next week, and lots have, if some people have a weak sort of depth in that sort of second row, um, myself included, like I've got Trebojevic there, I've got uh, enough enough there. I bought like recently bought in the um, same like you, you did on the um, on the edge for the buddies. Um, he's now got the bench. What's his name? Um, Cartwright. Cartwright. So this week I've got Yeo out, Talakai on on the extended bench, and Targo is in there. So some people may opt to get rid of one of those guys on the bench, bring Talakai down the second row, and then um, just get enough 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 in the front row because with the Haas coming back, all of a sudden he goes into the front row, and people have sort of depth in that in that second row with dual coverage with with, with the King in there. So it's not all about just getting. A real, 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 a real strong gun in there. There's an extra strategy as well about having jewels to cover um, each each position. Yeah, it's a real team specific one, I think, on the on the Haas decision. But let's look at the market watch in now. Hoyter is the number one traded in player at the moment. Deloise did a great job scoring 91 last week. Hosking did a good job as well, scoring 62 in the back row, and he's the seventh most traded in player. I'm I'm a little bit torn on this, Billy, so I need a bit of guidance from you. Like, to me, this isn't the time to be making money uh, because by the time these guys make money, you know, what's left of the season is going to be half over. Um, Hoyt has got minus 63 break-even, uh, and then we've got Hosking on a minus 23 break-even, 175K, Hoyt at uh, 188. I think that if you're downgrading at this point, like to someone that's base price, like I don't, I wouldn't play either of these guys this week if you had a strong seventeen. And if you're not going to play them this week and you're just getting them into enough out, wouldn't you be better off with a dual position enough if you can't trade them out later to make the cash? Like it's it's a little bit hard. And I think Hosking in particular, I'd be a bit worried that he might win a spot on the bench and and he he'll be the fifteen minute forward off the bench. Um, so I, I'm not loving these trades unless you've actually got enough trades to get them back out quickly. But even then, there's only eight games left. So they need two or yeah. three weeks to mature. And it's not just eight. It's not eight games left. There's, what, three games left before the actual um, head-to-head finals. So um, 
and then you're basically going to be done on not playing him anyway. Um, overall, um, look, they're not going to, these are the sorts of players aren't, that aren't going to be there next week and may even be sort of dropped at the last minute this weekend. If you look at the Bronco, at the Broncos team in, in in particular, they've basically named the same sort of team as last week. So, are you barring one or two? He hasn't even really sort of bothered sort of um, making any change there. So, it yeah, it could quite he could quite conceivably bring in any one of those the Broncos last minute to, to turn around and play. I, I don't think so, but I wouldn't be bringing in sort of Hoyer to, to play sort of one week knowing he, he's he's going to be gone. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I will say that probably the one situation where maybe it will come in handy is if you've got plenty of trades and you know you're a head-to-head player, um, at least get someone in that's going to make some cash to give you some more cash options to get them out during matchups in your head-to-head finals. Like that, that does kind of make sense. So there is always going to be some areas where it makes sense. But as a number one trading player, I'm going to hazard a guess that maybe half those coaches don't need to be doing that trade um, and maybe should be reevaluating. So... Uh, I saw one team that did it um, just this morning. And I tell you what, that team had zero jewels and also zero nuffs in their side. And that's the type of team where I would say, you know, like it might seem smart on paper to go to a minus 63 BE and stuff. But, you know, really practically, if you've got no nuffs in your 25-man squad and no jewels, get a jewel because they had Talakai stuck in their second row forward. Get a jewel in a Shannon Anderson downgrade that's never going to play. And that's a base price. And it's a guy that you can loop and you can use with Talakai to go jewels with and give some flexibility. That's much more valuable than getting a Hoiter in for, for this week and the minus 63 break even, because that's actually not going to do anything for you at this point in the season. So I, I think a lot of teams need to really have a look at it. Um, Billy, I've got two nuffs in myself. Like if you don't have any nuffs in, would you agree that? You maybe should start looking at that now to free up cash instead of doing these moves that you're not actually able to get any benefit of the cash because you won't be able to trade them out if you don't have the trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I wouldn't even be too concerned about sort of uh, nuffs at, at, at this point of the year. If you um, <sighs> depends on the, on the looping strategy. If you've got already got a couple of bums bums there, like uh, you know, sort of. Um, Keep going back to the Ben Trebovich sort of one. Having having another another bloke who's who's base price, but potentially might end up sort of sticking around and playing sort of 15, 20 minutes off the bench and only score sort of 15, 20 points. It's not the worst if that's what you're going to get anyway. I mean, what what are the odds that you're actually going to loop in the next four, four or five weeks anyway? I mean, how often do people actually loop every year? So I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, worst case scenario, it might even, you know, the head if he desperately needs 15, 20 points later on. So if it's going to work for you this week, I wouldn't worry too much about it being enough. Um, when we're looking at pod plays for this week and value, I think Fafida hits both. He's now going to be starting, uh, playing his old club in the Broncos. And David Fafida is now only 582000 as well. Obviously, has had the layoff, um, played in round 16 with his first game back, only played 54 minutes and still scored 49 points. Broncos this week, but he does have the Bulldogs edge that he's going to be playing the following week, which I really like. So uh, as a pod play, you know, Fafita's 5% owned at the moment. Uh, I, I really like getting him in at his price. And he is one of those guys that you can go down from Maddo um, and, and get 100K out of that trade and probably have the better player for the run home. Yeah, he might sort of scare you if he's only had sort of uh, two runs by the 64th minute, but uh, his next run might be a bit of a crab walk. So just pray the crab walk comes back. Um, 
the tackle bus and offloads are there. They're all, always going to be there. But um, um, yeah, look, at, <laughs> if he's in that starting role and getting 50 minutes, I think you're fine. He's, he's playing the Broncos pack that he's missing um, Carrigan and Haas as well, which is going to make a fair difference um, for him. Yeah. And it, it's also, when he's been in Jersey 11, he's played 80 minutes. So, you know, yeah. he's in Jersey 11, I'm going to assume that he's playing 80 minutes, which is a big deal. And the other big deal is too, that next week, if, if his coach is sacked, you can guarantee the coach, whoever is going to be the caretaker coach, he's going to play him for 80 minutes on an edge. Um, I, you know, it would be career suicide for them to go and make the same mistakes oh, yeah. that Brooks made. So I think that's the upside <laughs> with how good the Titans are going at the moment, that where their coach gets sacked this week or next week, they'll, Fafita might be unleashed and he'll be a really valuable option because I think for this run home, like I'm in this position too myself where I look at this Broncos game and go, well, I'd like him for that and I'd like him for next week and for the run home. But I don't really have him in my plans and I've got limited trades. So maybe I've already got my secondary forwards in place. I can't afford to get him. If you've got those trades and you can afford to get Fafita, it could be a real difference maker for this run home. Captaincy and vice captaincy options. Mate, I'm going to throw it out there as a complete Hail Mary vice captain. I really do not like Stags. I cannot condone buying Stags despite his game last week, but he tore up last week with one of his quintessential games yeah. where he decides to turn up, 103 points against the Dragons. Um, I, I'm not going to buy him because the, the weeks before, 19 and 35 points say it all. He's just got too many low games in him. Um, he only goes 60 plus 33% of the time. But this week against the Titans, if you own him, um, I reckon that he's a he's a ballsy VC option that, that could actually pay off. He's he's gone 130 odd before. Um, he could definitely do that against the Titans this week. The Titans have named a, a pretty they, they have they've named a backline with a lot of inexperience and a lot of guys that haven't played together. So the Broncos could get a lot of points. The Stags could absolutely carve up. I reckon. Yeah, he's just one of those confidence players. So you, you look you look at the, the game last week, there was line break, line break, still wouldn't pass, you tackle bus. He was killing it last week. But if you go back and look at all the games prior to that, there was so many short games where it was like 15, 30, 15, 30, 15, 30. I'm just not sure if I want to trust him. Um, I, I wouldn't... I definitely wouldn't buy him, but just as I a VC. Wanna, I don't... I, uh, well... I think there's too many other good options. Um, you've got obviously you've got the um, the Manu and the and, and the Teluan versus Dragons. Eels have got the that's true. Eels and Eels have got the Warriors. You've got I mean for Christ's sake, you've got Hines at the back. Um, bit bit of a bit of an insane one, but you could people could even go a, 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 a VC on on the on the May sort of thing, like a pick a um, pick someone for the Panthers on the edge. Yeah, uh, you raise really good points as far as the other options. There is a lot of them, um, and I'll, I'll I'll make I'll kill Stags dead right now as an option by saying that I've got massive FOMO this week, but not having him against the Titans. But it's a it's a great example of the strategy talk we were talking at the start. You can look at Stags this week and go, I really want him for this Titans game. Geez, he looked good for last week. He's going to carve up, and you you know benchmarking him against Tupo, they're almost the same price. Stags is four hundred fifty k, you know. He will outscore Tupo this week. He'll probably, yeah, Stags will probably go 100, Tupo might go 70, and you go, wow, you know, this is great. But for that run home, you're not going to want to see Stags ever again if you play him for these next eight weeks because he's going to have three or four games in the 30s. Um, he's going to have a terrible floor, and he might not score 100 plus again for the rest of the year. 
after this week, or maybe against the Tigers in round 20. <laughs> but aside from those, and you know, this is a perfect example of look for the run home, not just this week. And if you do that, uh, you'll be well off going for stags. Only other point there really quickly is he scored two two tries as well as had three line breaks and he only scored, what, 103? 27 base. Mate, <laughs> so. anyone, anyone else, I can't do it. Like, if if um, if Manu or Teddy or Papi or or anyone with any sort of pedigree scores two tries and three line breaks in their positions, they're 160. Yeah. Him, 103. No. And no uh, what I would say is, like, well, often I talk about how, you know, you need to not look at the whole season average and compartmentalise. Like, don't worry if someone's averaged 60 so yeah. far. Look at what you think they're going to average for this, this run of games, this final third. Because if you think they're going to average 70, then don't worry about their 60 average so far. Stags, I would urge you to do the opposite. Look at what he's done for this year because I think what people do is that they see his score last week. They see how good he looks and they get carried away and they think he's a gun. And you don't actually look at the fact that he's only averaging 53 points this season. And that's probably what he is, the 53 points. Um, top swap better the week on this one. Broncos are giving away minus six and a half points for $1.95. I'm going to go minus five and a half points at $1.82. And I'm going to take the Broncos in that one. Tigers versus Panthers, third last game. Um, obviously, a lot of players out, Billy. So all the Panthers' origin players are out. We're not going to get Cleary against the Tigers. We're not going to get Yo against the Tigers. We're not going to get Brian Toto against the Tigers. It is an absolute travesty, isn't it? That's it. Carve up. <laughs> well, it is it is tough because I I do think that some of these guys have played. It's I think it's really tough on Brian Tyro owners because like a three or four yeah. weeks ago he was a great buy. And, um, yeah, you, you would have thought that he would have played this one because it's on a Sunday, and you would have thought, oh yeah, he'll be right to back up winger. But no, nah, they're just going to rest them all. So that's why well, I got him. I kind of, I kind of figured he's in the best team in the comp. Um, they're playing the Tigers post Origin. It's what a decent turnaround. If anything, they'll rest you, you know, maybe Cleary. Nah, whole, whole freaking team, including Bats. Yeah, it's really tough. The Tigers team news, they've put Jackson Hastings to lock um, to be able to move Adam Dewey into the halves, which, you know, it's been criticised. I actually don't mind that. I think it's pretty good. Um, but <laughs> whether it's good or not for this Panthers game, we'll see. Let's talk about the market watch first of all with this one. Uh, no one really been traded out. Poll, I'm not going to talk about as a market watch trade in because he's the same as Hoyter and really Hosking as well. He looks good, but bench forward um, and guy that you're not going to be able to really get the money out of because you're not going to have enough trades. If you've got heaps of trades, yeah, okay, fine. It makes a bit more sense. Break even watch. Can I just say that um, Adam Dewey's back in the halves and kicking goals. I'm not saying this week, but I'm saying as far as a watch, I've looked at it because he's got 128 break even. He was one of the best center wings last year. The problem is that the Tigers don't have a good draw. So, you know, I sort of looked at this game and went, cool, you know, Penrith can keep him low. Um, he's going to maybe come down to 530K next week or something like that. Uh, maybe he'll get below 500. And then all of a sudden you can sweep for the run home as a pod for a center wing that's 1% owned in Dewey that's goal kicking. They probably don't have the best draw for it, but it is something to keep in mind and always have a watch list on those type of guys. Um, I do love me and Adam Dewey, but... When we're talking about the Panthers that are remaining, Billy, I think it's really important. You know, everyone's going to play May, um, Targo, Kikau. These guys look really good against this Tigers side still. Do you think because of all the outs that the Panthers have that 
the Tigers are going to be able to compete a little bit better? Do you think the point scoring might be a bit harder for the Panthers to come by with the super coach options that are available? No, mate. You saw you saw the you know, the team they put together for the last player round. They still killed it. Uh, kids, kids come out and just show what, what what sort of potential they have. Um, I think blokes like sort of Targo are going to come out and sort of have a a hell of a game and show you show you the reason why um, certain people have popped have decided to keep them. I know they're not averaging sort of, you know, absolutely brilliantly for, for well, as compared to the, the sort of bat, so the seven three quarters, it can, it can go massive, but a bloke like Targo is, 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 it, is someone that's going to thrive on a week like this. So at home, having to dig in, do more, um, set up a couple of line-break tries. Yes, I think he, I think this is one of the weeks where he gets one of his biggest scores of the year. So, and the reason for holding him is because uh, fearing this game for one and being short. See, I feel that way about May. I think that at the start of the season, May had a hattie and um, went for the 100-plus. And I think that he's a chance for this one. But the guy that I'm really excited to own for this one, who I might even sell after this game... <laughs> Um, is Big Billy Kicker. So, stat for you. Billy Kicker's second best score in his whole career is against the West Tigers at 121 points. And one of the things with those historical numbers that can be great is if it marries up. And one of the reasons why it marries up is because the Tigers have had one of the worst edges for defending against super coach points for several years. So, it was very easy, you know, for him to score that 121, second best score ever uh, years ago. It's just as easy now on those edges that he's attacking. So I could see a repeat performance of that. Um, he hasn't scored a ton yet this year, big Billy kickout. I reckon this week's going to be his first ton. So I'm loving that one. Um, but now that there's no Cleary, Billy, uh, being late in the round as well, uh, I don't think that you'd probably entertain a VC and, and certainly not a C option on any of these guys. No, not for me. If you were going to do one, I'd probably VC the um, the main, like, same as you, but I wouldn't really be putting anything straight out on. I mean, you look at what happens with Cleary. Like when we chuck the CEO and Cleary, he, he can have an ordinary game every now and then and chuck up to the fifty-five. So, um, someone that's not kicking goals can easily have an ordinary game, and all of a sudden you're stuck with a thirty-five, forty-five. So, I'd stick with the security, mate. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a strange game. This one, I, I think it's a it's a real hard one to get a. Uh, to, to get a handle on because of all mm-hmm. the outs. So I normally stay away from So on top sport, $1.80 for Taylor May to score one try anytime. That's the value bet and probably the value bet of the week, um, I reckon, for this one. Storm Raiders, second last game of the round. Brandon Smith has copped three weeks out, uh, third most traded-out player for good reason. Uh, Josh King, eighth most traded-out player, makes sense as well. Grant Anderson's the sixth most traded-out player, warrants discussion for this one. So that looks at the team news. I should probably mention that he's been dropped, um, but he had that um, hurt elbow. So that makes sense. Um, I think the reason why I'm going to say that it warrants some discussion, Billy, um, is because Grant Anderson's only about 200K. Like he, he, he's barely gone up. Yeah, 214,000. He didn't get the price rise that, that people were hoping for. Um, I'm going to bring it up, Billy, because, you know, he's, he could be out for the year. So that's going to be a bit of a loop option. But you've got guys bringing in, you know, a Hoiter and stuff. I hate to think that anyone's trading out an Anderson to bring in a Hoiter because there's about a 20,000 difference. It, it's just a wasted trade. So to me, like, Anderson's just the sort of guy that you would leave there, wouldn't you? Like, are you in agreement with me that those type of guys, there's no value if someone's around 200K wasting a trade out on them uh, unless 
really extenuating circumstances, you know, where you've just got a mountain of bank and you've got no trades to make and you can just get rid of two guys that are terrible, like Shaw. But for 90% of these... He's just a dump and run, which everyone's done to get a, a, a bit of cash out of him, B, to um, potentially get a few points in, in, a, in a buy round. It, it, did, it mm. didn't work out for the, um, the, 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 the points point of view, but... Um, it obviously hasn't worked out for, for, the, for the cash point of view, but I wouldn't be selling it for any sort of cash generation. I some points are good. So Munth is coming back now. So if he ends up coming back this week and he has a better game, he, he might be sort of an option for your play down, down the track when, when Storm actually have like one of those rare games where maybe they come up against the Titans in Melbourne or Warriors in Melbourne or Dogs in Melbourne. And you can go, you know what? This is the one game that I actually do want to play in it. It might be a head-to-head final that you decide, look, this is the one game that I'm going to utilise in and he comes off for you. Yeah, no, I I agree as well. Um, with the guys that are only 200K, um, I would just I'd just leave them in there um, and trade other guys because I just don't think there's any value in it. But yeah, it, the, yeah. the traded-in guys, Joe Tuppen, he's a, one of the most traded-in players, second most traded-in player. And I, I like I get it. Like we said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, look, we have to concede that he's just, yeah. he's going to keep it up now, um, and he looks better than yeah. us. He's six hundred seventy thousand though. Probably what I would say to people, just a bit of a cautionary tale for this week. He's playing the Storm. He's playing them at Amy Park, which isn't good, and the Storm are, are pretty much close to full strength. Um, they've definitely got that spine intact. Munster's going to be rested as well because he's not going to be playing the Origin. Uh, I would be very worried for the Raiders traveling to Amy Park for this game. And I will say round five, uh, the third most minutes that he has played this year, Joe Tuppany, was in round five against the Storm. He played 60 minutes and that was good for 59 points. Now, certainly not terrible, but I, I reckon that that's probably going to be around baseline of what he's looking at this week. And before last week, he had three, he had four games in a row where he played 45, 54, 58 and 54 minutes. You know, if he's around that 54-minute mark, he could very easily throw up a 45 against the Storm, which happens all the time to good players. You know, this could be a low score for him. I wouldn't be rushing and getting him this week. He's got to be 52. Next week, he's got the Warriors and the Titans. I think you've got a chance to regroup this week um, and pick him next week in your trade-ins and sort of plan ahead a bit because next week and the week after is when he's going to be scoring well. I wouldn't be worried about getting him in this week to have to play him if you didn't need to. Yeah, oh yeah. I think the only reason you were wanting to get him in this week is if you were light in that second row, you desperately wanted to to avoid an A. Brandon Munster, eight and ninth most trading players. Don't need to talk about them because those are people doing what they should, getting their final teams in order. I will potentially be getting Grant in for Brandon Smith myself this week. Um, Munster, I reckon he's in for a big one though. He should be rested, and that comes to the end of this one, Billy. The vice captaincy and the captaincy options. Now, I reckon you'll be going for captaincies this late. Uh, Pat was disappointing with 49 last week. He's obviously carrying injuries, but he's named to start at one. Munster should be fresh. Like, you know, provided he hasn't been sick from COVID, which apparently he hasn't. He's not playing Origin. And I think he's going to have the shits that he missed out on Origin, quite frankly. Playing at Amy Park versus the Raiders. Uh, that could be a bit of a... Um, uh, that could be a bit of a pod captaincy for this week. I think, I think Munster's safer, considering what Pappy did last week. But obviously, Pappy despite the injury, despite the poor form last week, uh, has it in him for a big one, as we've seen. So, I mean, would you would you go a Pappy captaincy despite last week and his injury at the moment? I probably need to see him in the captaincy run. I didn't see him sort of uh, 
struggling around too much towards the end of the last game. I know we obviously started something, but um, still, still, we're still moving freely. And if I'm going to back anyone to get to to go to go big at any given point in time, even without the goal kicking, I'd, I'd be going in. Yeah, you'd hope that that hips all right, so he's going to be goal kicking still. Um, that's another big point as well um, that you'd hope to try and find out before, but because the second last game might be a bit hard. Um, I, look, I could see Munster or Pappy going well this week. Um, so definitely both options. I will point out to finish up on the game that Pappy scored 39 points against the Raiders this year in his lowest score of the year, and that was in round five. Um, so just a bit of food for thought there. His lowest score was against the Raiders, um, but this one is at home under a few different circumstances. We'll wait and see. Top score better of the week on this one. I can't see the Storm losing again, um, but... In saying that, um, minus 11.5 is a big line, $1.85, but I reckon I'll lean that way. The last game of the round is the Dogs versus Souths. Karaz being traded out the fifth most makes sense. King, 10th most, um, because at the moment, somehow TPJ has made his way back in the side, and that's the big news for the team news for this one, which is going to take out a King's, some of King's values. So somehow TPJ has been named. Um, I traded him last week because he's meant to be at two to six, and he's only going to miss a week. Um, Matt Burton's been named as well. Alex Johnson, your boy, is back, um, as is Mark Nichols, and Cook and Murray both been named to back up for Origin, which is going to be huge talking points because those guys are being traded in heavily. So Murray's the sixth most traded in player, Billy, and the guy I want to focus on for this final game. We spoke about Madison being a potential trader. Um, one guy that I sort of said to myself, you know what, Barnsley, if you're going to miss out on someone, maybe you just have to miss out on Murray. And I felt okay about it. Then I looked at the numbers a bit more and went, geez, am I making a mistake trying to find room to get someone like Fafita in when when Murray is actually like the, the best second row forward that there is this year at 582,000, averaging 72 points. He's actually value as well. Yeah, but 72 is actually top of the heap for second row forwards. So, you know, it's, it's sort of one of those things, isn't it, Billy, where quietly he's gone along and, and not seem like he's had a big year, but it's actually the best he's ever been. And he's coming up against the Bulldogs this week, um, despite the fact that he's backing up from origin. It is the last game. So all of a sudden, Murray actually looks like the smart trade-in rather than the sexy pick of a pod for feeder and so forth. And maybe you do need to make room for him for the run home. Yeah, because he, he plays in the middle as well. So you know you know he's not going to get isolated on the edge and do a feeder and potentially be on the same number of points for sort of 10, 15, 16 minutes straight. You know he's going to be having tackles and hit-ups in the middle. Um, the other thing is he's priced really well. Uh, and thirdly, um, Cook's actually really informed. Like he's, he's running the ball a lot. He's, he's, he's running freely. He's making breaks. Um, and if anyone's going to benefit off the back of that sort of go for it, it's Murray. Like he, he's got that inside ball. He's got the short ball. He, he gets fed the ball close to line when they're trying to set, when they're trying to set up for that sweet play. Um, Latrell's in the team as well uh, now too. So they're going to be having a lot more sort of go forward. Um, and when, when a team's having, having a lot more go forward, um, who benefits? Everyone, particularly a, a, a ball running lock who plays in the middle and actually gets uh, looked for by the, by the, uh, the guy directing the squad. Agreed. And one of the things that I'll say too is that even though I don't like having any South players for the run home from the back line, um, I think it's really negated in the forward pack. So, and you can look at the games this year, you know, round two versus Melbourne, he scored 76 points, Cam Murray. Round three versus the Roosters, 129 points. 
round four versus Penrith, 76 points. People didn't want to start with guys like Cam Murray because of their first month of football. And he put up a put up a three round, 76, 129, 76 against three teams that people thought would be the top four teams. So it's uh, it bodes well for um, the safety factor, despite the draw, that he's still going to score well for the duration of the year. But that's different to someone like Latrell. So Latrell's the other guy that's being traded in heavily, fourth most traded in player at the moment. And I feel the opposite about Latrell Mitchell, right? Like I, I sort of feel like you're getting him in for a Bulldogs game because the last two weeks you missed out on 93 and 99 and you got FOMO about those points. And he's going to give you those points this week. And then he's going to have a, a bit of a drop-off. And if you have a look at his scores, you know, they weren't terrible in that tough run home at the start of the year. But Melbourne, 71, round two, round three, 53, round four, 65 points. You know, it's not near as sexy, averaging 66 points. And you're going to be paying 615000 for that. But it's not just paying that, Billy, and the run home. It's the fact that if you bring Latrell in now... Um, you, a lot of teams are going to make the move saying to themselves, I'm not going to have Teddy for the run home or I'm not going to have Pappenhausen for the run home or God forbid if there's any teams that, that are looking at Hines in their fullback spot and choosing Latrell over him, which you cannot do. So I think that's a big deal with getting Latrell this week. Yeah, I think so. Um, mate, I really don't have anything else to add on, on him apart from I like him, I want to get him in. He looks fit, um, kicking goals, but... Like you said, mate, he, take, he takes a fullback spot. Um, they've got a tough one next week. So it's a bit of sort of potluck with him. Yeah, he's been in good form. I, I just think that you, you've really got to look forward in your planning and stuff. And I I wouldn't want to personally have that run home. Like that last four weeks for South is just yeah, brutal. Parramatta, Penrith, Cowboys, Roosters. Like it's just, you don't really want any part of that. And even around 19 and 20, like they've got the relief around 21 versus the Warriors before they hit that hard run home. But then they got Melbourne and the Sharks for two weeks after this. Like It's just, it's suicide getting their backs in for that run. So wouldn't do it. Um, the sit and play, Keon Kalamatangia got in last week, um, scored a solid 55. But he, after scoring uh, four tries in his first eight matches, has not scored since round eight. Uh, and he's playing against a Bulldogs edge that is very susceptible. I'm not saying buy him, but if you own him, I think a lot of coaches are, are going to start seeing different second rowers like Keon, put Kalamatangi in this week. He's, he's going to be a really good play. Um, I do need to mention captaincy and vice-captaincy options because Mitchell and Cody Walker have both been on fire. Walker obviously went 119 points on the weekend. Definitely do not sell him, guys. Just play him for this week and then sell him, even if it means getting a gun a week later. I think you can do that. But Billy, Latrell and Cody, 119 and 93 points last week each. Do you, are they the captaincy options versus the dogs in the last round for this game? Um, Walker had a couple of tries. That's obviously pumped him up a bit. I'd, I'd prefer to go Latrell over Walker if I had if I had a choice. I don't really want to be um, captain captain either. But if I had to, if I had to choose one, I'd be much more comfortable doing doing Latrell. Cody concerns the hell out of me, particularly. Uh, I'm not going to say buyer's remorse, but um, um, an annoyed buyer. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just got burned for too many weeks from South players. So you, yeah, you're, I don't want to go that You're a little bit chewed up about South players. I understand. I've been fed up, mate. I, I, Walker's one of those guys. It's just a risk. Like he's going to have 30s. He's going to have 130s. There just haven't been any big ones this year. So just demoralising. So um, finally got one last week, but I'm just going to take my money and run, mate. Yeah, I was going to say, don't say there's not been any big ones. 119 last week gave us a big one. It gave us something. 
But yeah, it, it's pretty risky with him. I do think Latrell's probably the safest C choice. Um, Cody might go for a massive one, but Latrell should be able to get an 80-plus score against the Bulldogs goal-kicking. So I reckon that's a safer bet for this round. If you own him, I would not buy Latrell, though. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing and sort of stay away. I'm even, I'm even going to uh, contemplate getting rid of sort of uh, AJ. Not 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 now, maybe in, maybe in a couple of weeks. If they've got their last four games, like you said, I hadn't looked that far ahead for um for them, sorry. And g- given the fact that he, he's, he, he relies on sort of uh, attack, like he doesn't have sort of um, much in the way of sort of kick returns um, at his price, I may just sort of say to myself, look, I've ridden this wave long enough. I've had you know, basically an average of, of uh, 100 for the last sort of five weeks straight. Cut your losses and cut your losses and run. Matt, 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 maybe maybe turn him into Teddy for the last two two games or something. I, I yeah, look, six out of the last seven games that South will play, which is after this week, are all top eight teams. There's only one. There's only one game which is yeah. not going to be a top eight team, and that'll be the Warriors. So it, it's just brutal. I'm yeah. selling AJ after this week as well, but. AJ's another good shout for this week. He'll probably go really well. So definitely don't sell him this week, guys. If you got him, he's a big player this week and probably has a chance at a ton. Um, Bulldogs have been playing better, but AJ can definitely score a couple of tries against him. Uh, that finishes up the podcast. So, Billy, thanks once again for jumping on board and reviewing the buy round that was and looking ahead to round 18. You'll have a week or two off now before we get to chat to you again, but always nice to get you on and chat some footy, mate. Thanks, mate. I'm going to go get some sleep. Billy doesn't need sleep, but I'll I'll let him off this once. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Download or stream the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Audible. We are everywhere. Also SoundCloud as well, where they're often posted uh, up with the links and everything on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and you'll see those links. That's NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And jump on the sponsor of the All Stars podcast in TopSport, topsport.com.au. Use a promo code of SC All Stars. We had a one-off advertisement for... Manscaped as well. If you forgot about that, you want 20% off some Manscaped materials and also to, uh, free shipping worldwide too, which is great. Use the NRL All-Stars promo code for Manscaped, NRL All-Stars, and you get your 20% off and free shipping from Manscaped today. Your balls will thank you later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Can't wait to chat some talking footy at the end of the week and we'll chat Supercoach again next week. Good luck in the round of Supercoach. Talk to you again real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get...